Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He's a tough loss. Mendy is, um, I think the Mets got a great one. He's been a bridesmaid to many of uh, these interviews. I cannot tell you the amount of feedback I've gotten from everyone he's interviewed with, which is I cannot believe this guy hasn't got a manager job yet. Like, is this real? Um... You know, he's obviously from Venezuela, speaks Spanish, speaks English. Uh, he's got structure. He's got process. Uh, he knows the game's fundamentals. He's been running our Major League Spring Training for years. Um, you, know, he, you know, he probably was taught by Rob Thompson how to run our camp when Rob was running before him. Um, and uh, uh, he uh, knows analytics inside out. Um, he's got discipline. Uh, he's not afraid to... to to go at a player when necessary and when it's required. He's got a soft touch to it at the same time. You know, I think he's he's a Swiss Army knife. Um, I think the Mets got a really great baseball person. We've lost an asset that we're going to now have to replace. Um, so, but I'm a Mendy fan, and I and I congratulate him. And, you know, so I, I thought that there was going to be a job for him already, uh, but this is the one that was meant to be. We're back and joining me, old friend, old friend of the show. I got to tell you, you know, I talk a little bit about nostalgia. One of the key components of NYBaseballDigest.com, defunct website amongst many of the defunct blogs. There's a graveyard out there with them. But a uh, good friend, uh, this guy, a wealth of baseball knowledge. I used to meet up with them down in Trenton back in the day when I would go watch the B-Mets. They used to be the B-Mets. They're the Rumble Ponies now. Um, you know, obviously uh, the... Uh, uh, you know, the Trenton Thunder, former affiliate of the New York Yankees. And, uh, you know, joining me is Jed Weisberger. Jed used to write for MLB.com, still does a little work there, minor league baseball. And Jed, welcome to the program. And you know what? When I was watching this whole managerial process play out with David Stearns of the Mets and I saw Carlos Mendoza's name, going back, I'm like, you know, I wonder if Jed and I ran into this individual at some point in Trenton, but... You know, I immediately went to you on Sunday because I kind of felt that this was going towards Mendoza. There was just so much smoke, you know, and I said, hey, we got to get on and talk about this guy if he gets the job and he got the job. And at least for me, I was excited because it gave a chance for us to catch up. But welcome to the program. Exciting, dynamic times for the New York Mets and a Yankees connection, as there was last couple of years with Billy Epler and Buck. So welcome to the program. How are you? I'm glad to be here. All's good. Uh I'm getting a little salt in my hair, but that happens when you get a little older. But uh, I just dye my hair, Jed. It's no different for me. I just, oh, yeah. you know, redheads don't get gray. I, I've never <laughs> dye my hair. 
Anyway, uh, you ask about Carlos, do we ever run into him in Trenton? I don't think, Mike, you and me did at any time in Trenton. Uh, he was there when he was the minor league instructor. And the reason why they had him as a minor league instructor is he is very strong on defense and he'll demand defense, but not saying you got, you know, not in a demanding way. He'll do it in a way where he'll convince a player, especially a younger player. It's better if you play defense, you're going to save runs and things like that. He's very good uh, at doing that. Uh, as far as uh, manage managerial stuff in the minors, I don't think we ever ran into him. I know I did in Charleston. Cause, you know, with Charleston, when they'd come to Lakewood, uh, back in the Sally League days. And uh, what happened was uh, we get down because there was a, we wanted to see all the prospects uh, before uh, Dave Fenster, my friend, he's an endodontist in Trenton. You might have met him. He's uh, he liked to see all the prospects and we all we like to see him before they got to, uh, you know, back in the pinstripe prospect days and the MILB days, write about them and things like that. But uh We'd go to see the prospects when Charleston came up, usually for a three-game series. And Lakewood's only about an Lakewood's only about an hour from where I am, so uh, we get down there. And uh, Stick and uh, and uh, Ryan were always there, and it was kind of fun because uh, right. they were, uh, you know, Stick uh, Stick had a good time. He was a tremendous. Ta- they miss him. He was a tremendous talent evaluator, not just with the Yankees. He could. He could see all kinds of stuff. His 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 mark is still on the Mets. You know, Billy Epler being there and Buck being there. And I know that they're not there anymore. But, you know, Stick's legacy still goes on with Cashman and and, and what have you, what they going on with the Yankees. Yeah, I miss him. I mean, I really miss him because he was fun. I mean, you know, uh, Cashman would be talking about Severino would be out there. And, uh, look, uh, Luis looks pretty good right now, you know, pitching a Class A. Yeah, he's he's going to develop a curveball. Stick would look at me just for fun, and he'd say, "Hey, Cashman, can you keep your mouth shut? I'm trying to work, you know." So we had, <laughs> we had a good time down there, but uh, that's the way, you know. Back in the Yankee days, I don't think they do. I don't know if they even do that now. We covered. Uh, we tried to get Charleston uh, when they came up. We'd go up to Scranton, Wilkesbury, and things like that. You know, we had all the prospects pretty much tabbed for when they moved through. And uh, Carlos. Uh, and Charleston did very well because uh, his team played good fundamental baseball. They knew how to bunt. They knew how to move runners over. He knows the game. Uh, he can see it. the reason he was made bench coach is just because of that. He knows the game and he can spot things. And he really helped uh, Aaron with a lot of that stuff. And Aaron's going to miss him. I don't know who uh, the new bench coach is going to be for the Yankees. And I also think that, uh, what the Mets will do is try to get a bench coach who's previously managed to help. Uh, Hearing uh, Phil Nevin's uh, name may be thrown out there, former Yankees bench coach. Well, former he Angel hasn't manager. had a lot of uh, success in Anaheim. It's not all his fault. I mean, the team is an absolute mess. You know, I mean, uh, I don't see I don't see them signing Otani. I don't see Otani coming east either. I think he's going to end up with the Dodgers or Seattle, but we'll see. You know, maybe uh, – Maybe the twelve-year, uh, nine hundred thirty million dollar contract, the lunar, you know, sure, will uh, pull him in here. We'll have to see what happens. But uh, Carlos is a guy, just like Stephen Boyd in uh, Cleveland with the Guardians. He's a guy who has worked real hard. He hasn't. Uh, it's not a big deal. Like it's he's taking. Like for instance, you have uh, Rob Thompson in uh, Philly, and Rob's had some success. 
And Rob worked with uh, the farm system. He worked uh, as bench coach for Girardi. And Girardi originally took him to Philly because, you know, I don't know if he would have gotten a chance with the Yankees. Uh, Carlos from uh, the same church, different pew, has worked like that too a lot of years. And uh, he's, he's, like I said, he's uh, terrific defensively. His teams play fundamentally sound. He uh, gets along with his pitchers and things like that. And he's likes to talk to them and things like that, uh, along with a pitching coach. I, I just really, I, I think that, uh, I think really for the Mets, they made a good choice because uh, all the people were, you know, you know, social media is today. It's much crazier than it was even 15 years ago when we fooled around with it. Sure. I had, you know, now we have X amount of thousands of followers and there's like 200 people out of the thousand that we care about. But if somebody comes up with something legitimate, I'll talk to them about it. But anyway, you know, threads is interesting too. I mean, it's just developing and we'll have to see how it develops with sports for the first full year. You know, it's uh, for a while I thought it was a little friendlier, but now we're getting into all kinds of, uh, a dichotomy of wars and everything like that. <laughs> that's usually what social media devolves into. Yeah, well, that's it. That, that's what I tell people. I mean, uh, that's what I tell people on that. But, you know, it's it's no different than brothers arguing sports and things like that, really. It's just unfortunate that we got to get something settled over here. But that's another story. But uh, I really think a key is going to be who they bring in as the bench coach. They've talked to Andy Green if he's available. Uh Phil Nevin has been brought up. Somebody who is previously uh, a veteran manager, I think, would be a great help to Carlos in the beginning. I mean, Jed, I, I, you know, one of the things that Cashman talked about, I thought, and I played the clip in the first part of the show. You know, Cashman had this great, you know, media. You know, Cashman who could be so kind of like bland. You know, he kind of got a little colorful here, but he did talk about Mendoza, and he talked about his detail orientation, how he ran spring training, how he communicated with players, how he's not afraid to go and get in a player's face. Something that is like, Oh my God, you can't do that anymore. He talked about how he knows analytics. There's been reports about how he's pushed back against analytics. Here's the biggest thing, Jed, he, and you know, this uh, having seen him down in Charleston, but all the different positions he's had going up to the point where he's the bench coach for the Yankees. It's, you know, he's actually done the traditional path. I think it was either Andy Martino or John Heyman who brought that up. And I'm saying to myself, that's an overlooked thing. He's more qualified to be the Mets manager than a Carlos Beltran was a few years ago. Absolutely. You know, and and even more qualified than an A.J. Hinch was when he got the job in Arizona. So uh, I think that's a little bit of an overlooked component. And I didn't even think of that. And when it came up, I was like, you know, you're, you're you know, they're right. They are right. I mean, uh, they are right. And you talk about him getting in a player's face. He knows how to do it without a negative reaction. You know, it's like telling it's like what he does. He'll tell somebody uh, what you're doing is good, but maybe we can add this to this. He's not the kind of guy who goes up to a player and says, yeah, what you're doing. I don't know. It's okay, but you should do this. And, you know, with today's players and even as you know, in the workplace today, with everything so politically correct, I mean, I can't do that. It's very hard. I have to say, well, that's great. You know, uh, you know, I I said, Cindy, you did a great job with that, but uh, maybe we could add this to it and we'll really have something uh, going. You know what I mean? Like uh, you can't tell somebody they should do this and you can't tell somebody they don't do good work with this. Uh, It's, it's, you know, 
it's not just being politically correct. It's just things of uh, Gen Z. When you're working with people that are Gen Z and things like that, not too much millennials, because my son, for example, Jay's like going to be 45. They're they're getting you're younger than me. I think I'm Gen X at this point. I don't know. I can't figure it out. You know, you never know. But I mean, the point is, you know, the point is you almost have to treat people with kid gloves in a way, no matter whether you're Carlos Mendoza with the Mets, you're Aaron, you know, you're this or that. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, uh, when you're dealing with 21, 22 year old superstars or 26 year old superstars, you want to keep raccoons out of the clubhouse. That's important. I mean, uh, what uh, Carlos has to do, the two main things he has to do is make sure the clubhouse is settled. And his bench coach will help him with a lot of that, you know, getting to know the guys sure. and, like that, and getting the players to trust him. That's the first thing. He's got to get that done in spring training, which I'm sure he will. And the other thing he has to do is handle the bullpen and the pitching staff, especially the bullpen, because uh, it's tougher now with each guy, each you know reliever having to face three batters you have to strategize a lot more and you got to know when you use guys with relievers. You got to know when to push their buttons a little bit then back off a little bit. Uh, I remember Gabe, I remember Gabe Kaplan when he started out in Philly, a lot of my MLB got com work because I'm close to Philly was covering the Phillies, which was something different. I did some Yankees and Mets, but I mostly did a lot of the Phillies. And when Gabe was starting off, he's telling me about, uh, one player who was a star, you know, and he wasn't playing as much because his defense in center field wasn't as good. So Gabe sat down with him. He went out and worked with him in center field, had balls hit to him and things like that. And you really, you really have to, when you get into a guy's head, who's a younger player, even though he may be very talented and dominated the minors, you have to really be uh, constructive in what you're doing because, uh, a lot of, you know, you see that, you see that with, uh, you know, Zach Wilson, I feel bad about, but he's a BYU quarterback where there's another example where the competition isn't great. So they draft him second because they love his arms, you know, strength. And he had a great combine where nobody was, you know, running in his face and rushing him and everything like that. Is he, is he, is he ready to play uh, in the NFL? Absolutely not, unfortunately. But, you know, I don't know whether I don't I, I, the Jets, you know, have been inconsistent with them. You can't be inconsistent. I mean, that's a problem. I mean, uh, you know, the, I mean, but there the plan would have worked as long as uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt. But you let you see the kid last night against a team playing against the Jets defense. They should have beaten. And uh, he was just, you know fumbles, overthrows, everything like that. I mean, Kenny Pickett in New York, in Pittsburgh, you know, is not, he's consistent, but he has his days and games too. But I mean, the treatment of Kenny Pickett has been totally different. You know, I mean, <clears throat> it's all been constructive. It's, but Kenny Pickett also uh, has been helped by uh, a receiver, you know, George Pickens, who's a coming star and Dante Johnson, who runs the best routes in the league. And that's helped him. And, Tomlin knows how to coach, and that's why they're five and three, even though they can't score half the time. But you know, the the point being again, you got to be constructive today. And Carlos has that quality. I mean, like we talked about getting in a player's face. He'll get in a player's face, but he'll do it in a way, like I mentioned, that uh the player doesn't go away uh upset, because that's the last thing you want. Because if one guy's upset in the clubhouse, then the next guy's upset in the clubhouse. And 
that's what he's got to do. I mean, his challenges are his challenges will be like get Lindor to trust him. I think Pete is going to be okay. Pete's okay with anybody. I wish they'd give him an extension already and stop the nonsense, but that's because it's not going to be like Judge. If Pete goes to free agency, he's gone. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting thought. Why do you think that, Jed? Because uh, there's some. There's been. Uh, you know, I think he'll go. Uh, I don't. I think the lawyer. You know, Judge. Uh, well, they both came up through systems, but I think with what some of the stuff uh, Pete's gone through with the Mets, I, I could see him. You know, leaving. I could see Steve coming in at the end, <clears throat> like George once did with Bernie and the Red Sox, and said, "You're not going to the Red Sox. You want this? We'll give you this, and we're glad to have you for a career. We'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting." But I still would have. I'd still would try to sign him before the season or over the winter. Jed, how do you think, you know, you're exactly right. I talk about all the time, managing the clubhouse, managing the bullpen. You know, obviously to get hired, there has to be a uh, ability to manage up to your boss. But he's going to be the face of the franchise to the media, to the fans, every night, twice, SNY, pregame, postgame. And a lot of times that could swallow somebody up, swallow Mickey Calloway up, started to swallow Luis Rojas up. Yeah. Uh, Buck did a really good job, but remember, Buck had cachet in a resume, and he was very rarely going to be challenged, even when maybe he was wrong because yeah. of that resume. And Buck was an alpha, and he would go back at them. So they were afraid of Buck. Let's face it, the, the media was afraid. They're going to test this guy. Um, and, you know, he's going to make bad moves or he's going to make questionable moves. How do you think he'll handle that part? Because even though that shouldn't matter, you know, the media and the fans don't hire and fire it starts to develop a narrative and it circles the team in the clubhouse. And sometimes it becomes really hard to uh, put out what I would call that peripheral noise that's out there. Uh, I think he'll do okay. The first thing is uh, the advantage he has over Mickey Calloway and Mickey Calloway was a pitching coach. I never understood that, but then the organization was what it was then. But the first thing with Carlos is he's a good looking guy. He's a straight shooter. Espanol, no problema, por Carlos. You know, <laughs> you speak it too, but I mean, he's bilingual. He'll take care of uh, both media. Um, if uh, somebody comes at him like uh, Lakata or somebody like that or some, somebody else, he'll take a deep breath and he'll try to explain himself. That's how he always did it when talking to the media, even in the minors. I mean, it can get to you, but I don't see him being swallowed up by Mickey Calloway or Luis Rojas. Luis is a nice guy, too. I like him. But I, I think uh, I think they brought him in there. And I think I think Steve Cohn and I think Stearns hopes that he's the manager for 10 years. And we'll see what happens. They need that. I mean, Jed, it's been a long time. I mean, you had since Davey Johnson and you had Bobby V for a nice run. And obviously Terry Collins uh, and what happened there. You know, it's been a lot of fits and starts. And, you know, look, I've been the biggest proponent going back to when Terry was fired about bringing in a top-notch manager, a Buck, a Dusty Baker. I wanted Girardi after the 2019 season. You know, yeah. that didn't work out. Boche looked like he was out of the, the mix, and now he's back in, you know, wins a championship in Texas. But at some point, those guys are going to retire. At some point, you need the next wave. And right. my concern has been because they've de-emphasized the managerial job, uh, maybe council is changing that with what happened with him in Chicago. You know, Jimmy Leland was a nobody at one point. David Johnson was a nobody. Dusty Baker was a nobody. Uh, they were first-time managers. Uh, Tito Francona, a nobody, a former player, but a nobody. 
We need the next wave of those guys. Is Mendoza one of those guys? I mean, clearly Council might be. You know, he's still a relatively young guy. And uh, with Council getting the big contract, which is ironic, the Cubs who, with Epstein, started this, the manager is not important, you know, with Tito, and you know, which is funny because Epstein, Epstein was an analytics guy, not like Bean, but he had two big-time managers in, 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 in Joe Madden and, and Tito Francona. Um, you know, maybe the worm is turning a little bit where the manager matters. It matters more than maybe we, we you know, we give them credit for. Well, uh, you know, both, uh, both Tito, who I know well, who lived in Yardley when he managed the Phillies about a mile from me, Yardley, Pennsylvania, Bucks County and, uh, Madden, both, both Tito and Madden were into the analytics a lot, especially Madden when he was with, uh, Tampa Bay and he did such a great job. And now he's not. Think about that. Now he's critical of it. Now Amazing, right? Well, the analytics, I mean, the analytics can help. I mean, the analytics are there to send a sheet down and have uh, the manager talk to a player. Now, you've always done well against uh, Sonny Gray, so we want that to continue. Uh, Do you have any idea why you do well against Sonny Gray? And the player might say, well, I can always pick up his, uh, his inside curve and stuff like that, which a lot of guys can't. Well, then he's probably going to throw you a lot of those because that's his top pitch. The point being, that's pretty simple. But the point is, the analytics are there to try to to try to help people. Now, I don't know with I don't know what uh, Mike did with uh, the Yankees. I what you know, I'm not with them, and I wasn't privy to that. But if the analytics aren't helping, I will say that if they're hindering, the analytics have to be adjusted, and I think that's what they're doing and with any team. I mean. Everybody praises Atlanta because they have great analytics. They also have great young players and they win. But uh, analytics has a place. But analytics does not replace talent. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And think about it, Jed. You had that story that came out. And this is where I actually was disappointed a little bit as I read more about Billy Epler as this term came to an end. You know, when Billy Epler was hired and maybe he was shoehorned in and maybe he was the only one that wanted the job, you thought you were getting the best of both worlds. You were getting someone who learned at the knee of Stick Michael. You mentioned him earlier. I know Joe Torre was critical of Epler in his book, you know, because Epler was kind of that first wave of Yankees analytics guys back at the beginning of the revolution. But I never thought of him as that guy. And then as the more I heard him talk, you know, the probabilistic outcomes. And he really, he was not a very charismatic guy with the media. And then you hear, you know, Buck is being handed down these, you know, probabilistic, you know, almost AI generated. Well, Tommy Pham, you're not playing, even though you're hitting 400 against this pitcher because they they played the game out in the front office and the game is going to play out like this based on our software. And, you know, disseminating that information to a player is impossible. And it sounded like Buck really wasn't comfortable doing it. He tried. If you, you know, this is the Newsday story, um, but he wasn't comfortable with it. Now, is Stearns going to be like that? I don't know. You know, Epler is not there anymore, but it really drives me crazy because to me, the clubhouse should be the manager's sanctum. You could be at the table and work with Stearns and be this, you know, cabinet and then go down into the clubhouse and be part of that group. But thinking back, you know, one of the biggest controversies the Mets had back in the 90s, turn of the century, is that Bobby V didn't want Steve Phillips in the clubhouse. They, they didn't get along on that. And even with Joe Torre and Cashman, I think it was more there was separation of church and state, so Ooh. to speak. Um, you know, I don't know how Stearns is going to be, but I'm hoping that a Mendoza is not Gabe Kapler or not Carlos Marmel or one of these guys that seems to be, you know, just there. And, you know, it's, it's like they're uh, – they're part of the front office and all they're doing is reading a, a script because players see through that. You oh, yeah. need to be more than that. Well, having covered, uh, ha- having known Gabe, Ka- having known Gabe Kapler pretty well, having covered him with the Phillies and having dealt with Carlos, uh, two totally different people. Sure. Totally different people. Gabe, uh, Gabe bought into the, Gabe bought into the analytics with the Phillies because they tried to use it. You know, now um, with Rob, you know, you understand, you know how Dabrowski works. There's no analytics there at all. And a lot of people say uh, Thompson is and, and and Mendoza are similar. I mean, even Cashman intimated to that. Uh, they are they are similar. I think Carlos, uh, Carlos is, <clears throat> Rob is a, more of a private, quiet, laid back person, you know, with the media than Carlos might be. But they both know baseball. They both stress defense. You know, I mean, you know, like take this year with Rob. I mean, uh Matt, you know, Matt Vierling was supposed to be a up and coming center fielder in their system. And he, he played, uh, Girardi played him a lot. Rob let uh, Matt Vierling go and he put Rojas in center field. Rojas's bat has to come along. But if you watch the playoffs, look at the catches he made out there. Look at his arm. I mean, you know, there's, you know, Rob, Rob knows what he's doing. I, I, you know, I like him more as the Phillies manager right now. I think a lot of pressure that he felt with the Yankees is off his uh, shoulders. And I, he's had some success there. And I think, uh, you know, yes, you have some success in Philly, no matter what happens. And until you lose the last game, they're going to be with you. You know, and he did a nice job this year. And uh, they are similar. They are similar that they worked with the form system. 
both with the Yankees, obviously. And, you know, they put it this way, maybe their uh, master's degree and doctorate degree in managing came from the same place. I would agree with that. Yep, absolutely. Jed Weisberger, a friend of mine, uh, we spent a lot of time down in Trenton. I'm thinking as we talk, those those weekend nights watching the B-Mets, and I'm going to share a quick fun story that Jed and I, I'm going to share the Brian Bruni story. Jed remembers that that afternoon, K-Rod, Brian Bruni, and things like that. But I want to get to one other quick thing. You know, you're a guy who covered the Pirates, the We Are family, you know, Chuck Tanner, the manager. You know, you were around when Billy Martin was a manager. You know, managers were colorful. Um <laughs> You know, Davey Johnson, I think recently he was talking to Bob Clappish. He doesn't think he'd last a week in today's game. And Davey was just managing about a decade ago, then watching the Nationals. Yeah. Uh, you know, spitball guy. I remember Davey getting mad at me at uh, Mets Hall of Fame day because I suggested he overpitched Doc his first two years in the major leagues. But, um, you know, what do you think now? I mean, it, it, if you get the right guy, can they be as impactful and have the same kind of clubhouse as they did back in the days when you covered teams or – is it completely over? Can we see it swing back? Is Boche winning going to make it swing back? Is Dusty Baker's success going to make it swing back? Can guys like Stearns put their ego aside and understand that, you know, it's not just about you. It's not stratomatic baseball where we're sitting here hitting a button. What do you think? I I think, uh, we'll put it this way. Uh, why was Dusty hired? To settle things down in the clubhouse. Yep. Tough the- spot. Give Dusty credit. That was a horrible situation. Pandemic, off yeah. the field stuff. And he was wildly successful. And, and they I won a title. I thought they'd win it again. But yep. Hoshi managed in Texas. They were better. Yep. I mean, uh, Jordan Montgomery's going to get five years, $120 million. Hard to believe. Yep. I think the Mets should sign him. What do you think, Jed? I would sign Montgomery for five-year deal. Sign him. I think the Yankees should consider bringing. Are him you back. are you surprised? Are you surprised at his success? No, because uh, you know he he just he knew, he needed two things. He needed a slight adjustment in his control with his curveball, and he needed a team that could score for him. He got the slight adjustment with a little bit of tinkering. Um, it worked better in Texas than in St. Louis. He had some tough go of it in St. Louis. But, um, you know, that's, you know, St. Louis wouldn't have traded him away after less than a year. If, uh, I know the Cardinal organization pretty well. Um, but then, like I said, Dusty was there to straighten things out and settle things down. Carlos, to a great degree, was hired to settle things down and keep things uh, going cool and running well. And uh, I, I see no problem with him in the clubhouse. If it is, he'll get it settled and Stearns will help him get it settled. I don't think there's too many. Uh, I don't think there's too many ludicrous personalities on the Mets. I really don't. I mean, uh, you know, Lindor came there and he likes playing there. I, I don't see any real problems. Uh, I mean, the Mets failed. The you know what failed this year were injuries and a bad bullpen. I mean, the Mets got to straighten out their bullpen and a little bit of their rotation. I mean. I do. I think Yamamoto is going to end up in New York with either team because they're both going to go after him hard, and they both need him. I mean, uh, you know, I wouldn't. I you know, some. I saw a thing. Uh, I, I forget where I saw it the other day where the Mets might consider Sonny Gray. I wouldn't consider Sonny Gray in New York at all. He pitches great every place else, but maybe in City Field he's better than Yankee Stadium. I mean, he's been a decent pitcher in Cincinnati. He was okay in Minnesota. He was really good this year. 
And he's a Connecticut guy. So it's not like yeah. he's not from the Northeast. And maybe it's a Kenny Rogers. You know, everybody gets mad at Kenny Rogers in the walk to Andrew Jones. But without Kenny Rogers, the 99 Mets don't make the playoffs. And he pitched pretty good. And maybe he wasn't built, you know. But uh, Tom Verducci, I believe, wrote the SI piece. This has become a tough job, Jen. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mickey Calloway's career, other reasons why it got swallowed up, but it was swallowed up before that. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen to Luis Rojas after the failure. Jerry Manuel fizzled out. Willie Randolph fizzled out after getting fired. You know, Art Howe was never the same. Jeff yeah. Torborg, you don't want to go back to Jeff Torborg and Buddy Harrelson. Swallowed yeah. them up. This is a place that can swallow you up and your career goes to die. And that was cited as one of the things that council thought about. Now, look, Council got his dream job. He got the Cubs. He got the Midwest. He got he forty million bucks. Right, he wasn't coming here anyway. And 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 that's the thing, you know, the yelling and the screaming. And Stearns did this, and Cohen's a failure. Look, yeah. well, at, at the end of the day, this place is not for everybody. It may be a cool place for Jed Weisberger. It may be a cool place for Mike Silva. But guess what, Jed? Not everybody wants to hear you and I talk about them. Not everybody wants to hear Salicata. Not everybody wants to deal with Joel Sherman. Think about what Girardi, you know, and I, I, I said this to Clappish when I talked to Clappish. Between Clappish, I talked to Kern. They, they, Girardi's first couple of years were brutal, Jed. Brutal. Yeah. And he won a title. He won yeah. a title. And, and think about how many times, you know, you and I were down in Trenton. We used to talk about it. You know, the, the binder Joe and, and how, how hard it was for him. And he lasted. But Girardi played here. Council didn't. And that yeah. might have been council. I mean, Sherman already said how council could be prickly in big scrums. Um, yeah. Look, did I want him? Yeah, I think he's the best manager out there. And I thought the Mets needed that yeah. cachet of that. But there's nothing about the process. There's nothing about the characteristics of Mendoza that concerns me. Now, can he be successful? I don't know. We don't they know. Said, I, I would, we don't know. Louis Rojas had a lot of good characteristics. And look what happened. You know? Yeah. So. And, uh can uh, Mendoza be successful? All I can say is uh, the learning curve, and Rob Thompson is a good comparison. They've had the same learning curve, and Rob's been successful, where Girardi wasn't in Philadelphia. Yeah. So uh, I got to share a quick story. So Jed and I are covering, I think Brian Bruni was having a rehab start. I still remember this day. Adam Rubin was there. You remember this? We were there. Oh. It's a Saturday. Ironically, the B Mets are in town, so I think Josh Tolley was covering for the uh, catching for the Mets. The B Mets, yeah. Dylan G, pitched the shutout that day, and I remember you telling me, you know, this kid's going to be a decent pitcher. I think Dylan G, if he didn't get hurt, would have had a better career if he didn't have the capsule issues. So we go to interview Bruni, and we're talking, and we're just casually talking, and Ruben leaves. So Ruben's out; he goes and leaves because getting bored. So this is the night after Castillo drops the pop ups during the Subway Series. Yeah. And I don't know, was it was you that asked the question or Josh Norris who wrote for the Trent, Trent uh, the, one of the Trenton papers, or Mike Atchmore. Yeah. I can't remember who asked the question. I'm standing with my recorder and they go, what did you think of last night with uh, Castillo dropping the pop-up? This is that, that, you know, everybody remembers Castillo drops the pop-up, A-Rod, Mets lose in the ninth inning of the drop pop-up. Yeah. And Bruni goes, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And he does like the K-Rod point. He does the jig. And I'm like, oh, now I'm like, whoa. And he's talking major, major trash. Now, this is the infancy of Twitter. You know, I have probably, you know, 500 followers. And I, you know, we get the recording. You start talking to Bruni. And Bruni just kept saying how how happy he was that because they hated K-Rod. The Yankees were annoyed. This is 2010. 
think it was 20, it was 20, it was 2009 or 2010. I can't remember which, I think it was, I think it was 2009, probably the championship year. I can't remember. Um, so we run, I run to get Ruben and, you know, I send Matt Cerrone, Matt's blog, the information. I have all the things I'm tweeting. I have the audio. I still have the audio somewhere in my computer. I can play it to this day. And they, SNY picks up the story. They get into a fight the next day. Remember they got into the fight in the, in uh, the Sunday game in, in the outfield. Nobody credits Jed Weisberger. Nobody credits Mike Silva. They still, I, I am the only one to this day that has the audio of Brian Bruni going off on K-Rod. Nobody's yeah. ever given me credit. And you and I were the only ones. And we stuck around. Ruben kicked out. Ruben was writing for the Daily News at that time. Or no, ESPN New York, one of those. One of those and yeah. uh, I still remember that to this day. That's my Jed Weisberger memory of you and I at uh, a Trenton Thunder game. <laughs> In that series, this is funny. Uh, I was with a friend of mine who was a big Mets fan. Mark, uh, and we go to, so we went, we went the uh, day before that. And uh, <laughs> um, Robinson Carinos was with the Mets in the Mets system. It's nothing, nothing in the ninth inning. And Carinos starts coming down from third base for no reason at all. Gianna Navarro sees him, throws him out. The guy, the guy who's on second tries to go to third. It messes up their whole inning. Wow. And Trenton comes back and beats them. Right. Tony Franklin. The, see, in the first game, and another game that they played in one of those series, they had, you know, that was with Pulsifer. They had a four-game, uh, they, they had a 4 nothing lead going into the ninth. Pulsifer wanted to stay out there. That's going out, going way back, right? Going way back. So um, Shelly Duncan tells me that he can hit Pulsifer. Pulsifer reads this in the Trenton Times and wants to know before the game, who's Shelly Duncan? Duncan, I said, he's a good guy. He's now a manager and everything like that in AAA. He does Scranton Wilkes Barre. So Shelly thought he was tipping his pitches, but he said, don't put that in the paper. Turns out he was. So uh, they get the, they get two guys on, and uh, Angel Christo hits a double, you know, backup infield. It's four to two. Pulsifer walks two guys. Shelley comes up, left field wall. See ya. <laughs> there you go, right? Yeah, I mean, was well, I'm happy for the Rumble Ponies this year. They got their attendance up to like twenty eight hundred a game, which is good. For they them. got some, and with Gilbert and with Acuna. And some of the young arms, the Mets have some interesting young players. Yeah. You know, it's a shame, you know, obviously Trenton is no longer a Yankees affiliate. You know, Somerset is another good town. Um, you know, they're good people in the Trenton. It was a good ballpark, you know, chase the golden thunder, the dog, bat dog, you know, always hospitable, hospitable to me, you know, more hospitable to me than the Mets, to be honest with you. Um, as good as a Blue Jays affiliate. That was fun. Yep. That was, that was fun. Thunder guys with beards and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So Jed, what do you what do you got going on? What is next for you? You gonna be just watching some baseball, watching the uh, the off season things like that? I'm watching the off season things. If I think something's on Twitter that I need to put on there, uh, I the problem is at this point I ignore all the guys that want to think they'll sign everybody and uh, this and that. But you know that that's you know Twitter's that's changed too. It's uh, hostile. 
Right now, uh, I, do, I still do some writing for a few places, uh, non-sports writing for a few places. I, At this point, I'd rather work remotely than be home. I mean, after COVID, I couldn't wait to get back into the office for the state sure. of New Jersey. But, sure. uh, right now, I just working at home. Uh, things are good. Uh, Try to decide. Some a friend of mine, a guy came to garage door maintenance today. You know, just check once a year, check the springs, check the chain, and everything like that. Make sure our remotes are working right and all that. And he said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm getting close to retiring. You think by the end of the year?" I said, "Maybe not the end of the year, but could be pretty soon after that." See what happens when you get to be. See how much you know. It's we. It's we had a lot of fun. We still can, like with this show. But see what it comes. You're going to be seventy-one. <laughs> I mean, I feel great. I mean, that's not the problem. But I mean, see if you really feel like wanting to run around. You know. No, I hear you. I hear you. It's a grind. I mean, you've got a great wife, and that's I'm thrilled for you there. And you guys have a lot. You're having a lot of fun, which you should. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. That's, like, that's what matters. That's what matters. But you know what? What matters is the friends I've made. You know, everybody, and I'll leave you with this, you know, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, social media, you can meet a lot of good people. You are one of the good people. I learned a lot from you. I knew you'd give us a good segment on Mendoza. Be well, and I'm sure we'll catch up again. And uh, thanks so much for tonight. Not a problem. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I still go to games in the summer, so we'll see what happens. You know, all right. See what happens when the Mets are playing uh, the Phillies. Come on down, you know what I mean. It's we'll get fun. we'll get a chance to go to Citizens Bank Park. I'll wear uh, a Mets hat and they'll throw me out of the ballpark. Oh, you know, uh, they're not that bad. But you ever you ever been to that park? It's a beautiful. I've park. been to the vet. I've never been to Citizens Bank Park, it's but I have park. to. It's a great park to work in. The food is tremendous. A beautiful park, as my friend Rick Freeman says, who's a longtime Philly fan, just retired as a teacher. I work with him at times. He got into teaching uh, Hamilton East High. He said. Still hard to believe the park's in Philly. I know. Well, Jed, listen, you've been a gentleman, a very generous time. Thanks for everything. Let's talk again soon, my friend. Take care. Keep in touch. That's Jed Weisberger. You can check him out on X. And, uh, you know, he still kind of does his uh, his thing. Great contributor to the old NYBD site, nybaseballdigest.com. Well, that's it. Hope you enjoyed this two-part show. We dived into Mendoza, you know, had a chance to get to know him a little bit, somebody who saw him in the minor leagues. You heard from Brian Cashman, the the audio earlier. I gave you my thoughts. So now, press conference and on to the offseason, and let's see what David Stearns is going to do. We'll be back with another edition of the show on Sunday. Stearns talked a little bit about the GM meetings, his plan for the offseason. I'll get into that. Obviously, you got the newsletter. Continue to check that out. And, you know, substack.com slash at Talking Mets No G and all that other fun stuff. So want to thank everybody for joining another edition of the Talking Mets Podcast. You can check me out all the time at the TalkingMetsPodcast.com. Send me a tweet at Mike Silva Media. And just try to put podcast, Spotify, pretty much whatever podcasting service you desire. If you want to interact with me, Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. No G, Mike Silvat, TalkingMetsPodcast.com. You can get me on Instagram, TalkingMetsNoG. And of course, check out the newsletter, Substack.com slash at TalkingMetsNoG. I am your host, Mike Silva. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back on Sunday with another edition of the show. Till then, take care, everybody. For the park and greet the Mets. Hot dogs, green grass, all out of shape. Guaranteed to have a heck of a day. Because those Mets are really rocking that ball. 
goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.